Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Lower Galilee, where my wife and I live. This is the third season of podcasting. Last season, we heard from people who call Israel home. They described their journeys to faith and the many obstacles and challenges that they had to overcome in their lives here in the land. This season is entitled The Way of the Sea. So much of the writings of the New Testament take place along the shorelines of this body of water. We'll be learning more about the biggest lake in Israel that is shaped in the form of the musical instrument known as the harp, the Sea of Galilee. This lake is the lowest freshwater lake in the world. It is 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. It is fed by the underground springs and its main source is the historical Jordan River. What comes to your mind when you hear the words Sea of Galilee and the River Jordan? For many of us, we think of the stories in the Bible of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River led by Joshua. Others think of the place where Christian pilgrims came and got baptized. And for countless peoples of faith, it is the place where Jesus was asleep in the midst of a mighty storm. Yet it is the site where two bodies of water flow together and provide a history of promise, miracles, and the endless possibilities of freedom. There is one community of people that come to mind that brought to the world the consciousness of the words, the Jordan River, and the Sea of Galilee. The community that I'm referring to are the African-American slaves who endured chattel slavery for over 300 years, yet they longed to be free and were deeply connected to the people of Israel in the Bible. Despite losing their ethnic identities, their homelands, their relatives, and their humanity, these same African-American slaves that worked and lived on the cotton plantations and sang songs in the fields spoke of these bodies of water that are intricately connected to each other and represent the borders between freedom and slavery. During this uncertain time globally that we all find ourselves in, this unprecedented COVID-19 crisis, we can find peace, hope, faith, and the ability to persevere from knowing about the extraordinary lives of these African slaves who lived in the United States of America. The songs that they sang still ring loudly for our time of great peril and great calamity. These slaves wanted to experience freedom from their shackles of slavery, life instead of death, and celebrate joy instead of the weeping that came in the night. As a global community, over the last 18 months, many of us have seen the face of death, experienced the terror and fear and the pain of every kind that this pandemic has brought us. Many of us are asking the question as we paddle upstream through the rivers of life, where can I find peace in the midst of these troubled waters? Let's listen to the words of the men and women who were slaves brought over to America from West Africa from the 17th to the 19th centuries and dreamed and hoped 
and even longed of entering into Canaan's land. Here are some of the lyrics of songs that were sung by African-American slaves in America. I'll meet you in the morning when you reach the promised land, on the other side of the Jordan, for I'm bound from the promised land. Another lyric is, roll Jordan roll. I wanna get to heaven when I die to hear Jordan roll. Another powerful song is entitled, I'm going down to the river Jordan. And the lyrics go, I'm going down to the river of Jordan. Oh yes, I'm going down to the river of Jordan. Some of these days, hallelujah, I'm going to set at the welcome table. I'm going to feast off of milk and honey. Lastly, there's a powerful African-American spiritual called Deep River. Hear the words from this moving spiritual. Deep River, my home is over Jordan. Deep River, Lord, I want to cross over into campground. Deep River, my home is over Jordan. River, Lord, I want to cross over into campground. Oh, don't you want to go to the gospel feast, that promised land where all is peace? Oh, deep river, Lord, I want to cross over into campground. One of the African-American spirituals that I learned in school and is sung by generations of American school kids was Michael Rowe, The Boat Ashore. This spiritual was sung and popularized by the late American folk singer Pete Seeger and was first written off of St. Helena Island, which is on the South Carolina coast. It is the home of the Gullah culture, which produced the song Kumbaya, the song speaks of Israel, which is the promised land, Archangel Michael and the River Jordan. I'm not going to attempt to sing this beautiful song, but the lyrics read as follows. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Sister help to trim the sail, hallelujah. Sister help to trim the sail, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. The river is chilly and cold, hallelujah. Chills the body, but not the soul, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. The river is deep and the river is wide, hallelujah. Milk and honey on the other side, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah.
During this time of great COVID crisis, uncertainty, peril, confusion, and fear and anxiety, we can read, sing, listen, and feel the words of a people in which many were shackled in the bonds of slavery and victims of social death, yet many trusted in the God of Israel, identified with the crucified Savior, and looked up to the people of Israel's deliverers known as Moses and Joshua. The spirituals go down Moses and Joshua fit the battle of Jericho are a reminder of the inspiration that they brought to the masses of yesteryear and continue to be for all peoples now. Over the third season of episodes, I will take you to historical places like Magdala and Bethsaida, the Jordan River and the Golan Heights, just to name a few places. Each of these places that we will visit has a unique history and a very specific biblical background. One of my former guests on season two, Yosef Daniele, stated so eloquently, every stone or pebble has a story to tell in Israel. That statement by Yosef reminds me of another statement about stones from Yeshua recorded in Luke 19, 32-40 on his earthly coronation in Jerusalem. It reads, Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And in Hebrew it is Baruch Haba. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The people of Israel today, living here in the land, may need to hear the voice of Balaam's donkey speaking again and for the rocks in the valleys and the hills to cry out. The body of water with many names. Are you ready to go on a journey around the Sea of Galilee? Are you ready to learn about Israel's largest freshwater lake? This lake is known by many names. They are Lake Tiberias, Lake Gennesaret, Lake Kinneret, and most popularly known as the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is found in the Old Testament, in the books of Numbers and Joshua, and throughout the synoptic Gospels of the New Testament of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The Via Maris 
The Sea of Galilee is linked and connected to the Via Maris. Via Maris is Latin for Way of the Sea. It was an ancient trade route that connected Egypt with Turkey, Israel, Syria, and Iran. The phrase Way of the Sea is found in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. It reads, But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The Sea of Galilee in the Old Testament When the Sea of Galilee is described in the Torah in the books of Numbers and Joshua, they are very different. In the book of Numbers, it appears as the Sea of Kinneret. In the book of Joshua, it is listed among the fenced cities. The root word kinor, which is harp or lyre, is due to the shape of the lake being harp-shaped. The Sea of Galilee in the New Testament There may be no other place in the New Testament scriptures that holds such importance to the life and ministry of Jesus than the Sea of Galilee. The sea held a special place in the heart of Rabbi Yeshua. When we turn our attention to Matthew chapter 13, verses 29-31, we find Rabbi Yeshua healing the masses around the Sea of Galilee, surrounding areas, and people coming from far distances to experience healing and new life. Matthew chapter 15, verse 29-31 says, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. On the Sea of Galilee, Rabbi Yeshua falls asleep. In the Gospel of Mark, our attention is drawn to Jesus and his disciples, or in Hebrew, the Talmudim, on a boat along the Sea of Galilee. They wanted to go to the other side of the lake. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. The New American Standard Bible gives us wonderful commentary on this storm. It says the Greek term for furious squall is used here and in Luke 8.23 to describe the fierce windstorm, whereas Matthew chapter 8 verse 24 used a phrase that means sea quake. The Sea of Galilee lies at least 700 feet below sea level and is surrounded by highlands. To the northeast is Mount Hermon, which rises over 9,000 feet above sea level. When the cold air from Mount Hermon meets the rising warm air from the Sea of Galilee, it often results in a storm that sweeps down onto the lake from the heights. 
Because fishing boats of the day had low sides, the boat was already being swamped. Returning to the passage in context, we find Jesus and his disciples engaging with each other. Jesus was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The Sea of Galilee is a place of calling. The Sea of Galilee provides the backdrop for the calling of Jesus' disciples. They would form into a tight-knit group and band of brothers that would go on to ultimately turn the ancient world upside down. Their calling takes place once again along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Matthew describes this scene in his book in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. It reads, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Israel longs for the Messiah, or in Hebrew, Hamashiach, to come again. I've lived in Israel for almost five years, and I can say assuredly that the people of this land want to see the Messiah. You see flags that say Messiah as people drive by the highways and byways. The anticipation is real, tangible, and palpable here. It may be no more evident than anywhere in the world. This was the place where Rabbi Yeshua was born. He was raised in this land by Israeli parents, speaking Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. He worked here and was trained in this land as a carpenter and stonemason, having learned this trade from his earthy father Joseph. The physical land remembers his very presence and the places he traveled all over the countryside in the Galilee. It was in this space that he performed the miracles of healing the sick and raising the dead. Large crowds followed him everywhere, and when he left this land, the people were lost and are lost today without him. The scriptures in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, speak powerfully about this situation. It says, Awake, sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. The land and the people are one, and they are both grieving during this present time. It has not been the same since Rabbi Yeshua has left. Only his return will bring salvation for all of the land of Israel, making the crooked path straight and ruling from the throne of David 
in the heavenly city of Jerusalem. The masses in Israel and around the world need a healing right now. A few weeks ago, I sent a text message to a good friend of mine in New York after the tragic passing of former football great and Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, who was 33 years old. I shared with him an article on the story of his death, and he replied by text saying, I feel like we are losing so many people, Coro. When Jesus lived by the Sea of Galilee, the majority of his earthly ministry was healing those who were sick, diseased, and even those who passed away from this present world. He breathed new life into them, and they were never the same. Jesus was known here as the great physician, and masses of people followed him from all over the land and outside the land of Israel. The author Mark demonstrates that in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. It reads, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. We can read about Jesus' heart for the masses in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. We read about the compassion of the Messiah towards the people that looked for him and were healed by him. The verses are found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 36. It reads, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew chapter 15, we read of how people's lives were transformed by the Messiah's life, by the Sea of Galilee. It reads, Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. Can you picture that in your mind's eye? Can you see it now? Continuing to read, And he went on the mountain and sat down there, and great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. The author Luke paints a beautiful picture of how each and every individual was healed by the great physician, Rabbi Yeshua. Luke chapter 4, verse 40 reads, At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. If there was ever a time in human history that the entire world needs a healing, a resurrection, and new life 
from the Messiah, it's now. We all are experiencing the anxiety and stresses of this age and the physical and mental anguish of the remade world. The trauma of the COVID-19 crisis is taking its toll, and there are illnesses now that never existed before. Even though the Messiah is no longer here in bodily form, he left his comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. The prophet Isaiah shares with us the words of the very heart of God towards his people, Israel. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 2, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Dr. Martin Luther King's words on peace and justice. The two words that we hear all the time are peace and justice. Mankind desires to experience them in their fullness. We know of the slogan of protesters saying, no justice, no peace, in regards to human rights. How many times have we said, all I want is peace? And how many times have we heard the statement, there is no more justice in this world? Yet, the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speaks of a time when his statement of peace and justice will be carried out by the Messiah's rule in Jerusalem. His quote on peace and justice is, True peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. A verse of hope. I leave with you today with more words of hope and promise from the prophet Isaiah, who foretold the Messiah's kingdom almost 3,000 years ago. He says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will provide another update on what is happening here in the land of Israel. See you soon.